Hey there, avid listeners. Thanks again for tuning in to Sin's Workshop. Hope you're having a wonderful day. So today we're going to be talking about Aetherbound by E.K. Johnson. And I have to say, I really do appreciate Johnson's storytelling because her, their uh, storytelling is very impactful. And what I mean by impactful is... Johnson is able to squeeze a lot of emotion and a lot of meaning into a story of very few words. And I think that that's really noteworthy for any story. If you're packing in so much emotion, especially when you're bringing up ideas like agency into a storytelling, it really does give you, the reader, something to really ground yourself in the narrative. It doesn't matter if it's fast-paced or slow-paced. You are grounded in these ideals that the author is addressing. And that's what I thought was really compelling with the story. Because I will say this, part one of the story is, for me, it was slow. I was unsure of the direction of the story. However, I thought it was interesting because every part of the story, every part of the overall story begins with a little bit of history that the author is trying to give the reader so that you're grounded in this universe. And I liked that every part began with a little bit of history because you're getting to know that this universe that Johnson is creating, and it's a space opera, and she does something really unique. Um, For me personally, she's melding together science fiction and magic, not necessarily fantasy. I don't think I would categorize this book as a fantasy. If I were going to go to a bookstore and look for it, I would go straight to science fiction. Uh, It is reminiscent of a space opera, but it's so short in its length, and it's very compelling in its storytelling because, again, Johnson is able to squeeze in a lot of impact with her storytelling. They use their words very carefully. They use their sentence structure to build emotion, to address ideas such as colonization and agency over a body and eating habits and love and family. These are all things that she addresses in the novel and they're really really impactful. I also think that it's important that she opens up her story before, you know, there's an author's note saying, you know, trigger warning, this book does deal with characters who are, um, well, there is some, I guess you could say there is some self-harm in the story. And... They count calories. You understand why they count calories, though, because they, they, they don't have you know warp speed. They have light speed. You know they have, I guess you could say, stargates at at, at certain stations, planted throughout the galaxy. However, they're not every everywhere. So the government is just like, okay, you're gonna have to, we're gonna have to put families on this on these ships, and it's your job to breed in order to keep the ships moving. So everyone just kind of becomes cattle, especially the women. And it's a scary thought. You know, it's a scary image to see 
these women have no agency over their bodies and they have no control. They have no say in what's done to them. It's just like, hey, it's your turn to be pregnant. Get on the table. Let's inseminate you. That's That actually does happen in the story. And Pent, it doesn't happen to your main character, but she sees it. She sees it twice and... After the second time, she's like, oh, hell no. I am not letting this happen to me. Because her family is garbage. Her family is garbage. She is what you would call a gene mage. And this is the magic that I was talking about. She's a gene mage. And you have three classes of mages. You have star mages, um, electro mages, and gene mages. For Pent on the ship, being a gene mage is considered the most worthless of all mages it's basically you want to be either a star or an electro mage and if you are not a mage at all well then you're just pretty much you know burst you're sent into space to die basically it's just like well you can't serve you serve no purpose on the ship so off you go bye it's a very cold reflection of how cold space is. And I think that I like that illusion right there. That the coldness of space is becoming reflected in this family on the Harland. You know, in Pence family. She's really seeing how cold space can be through her. Now, it really does affect her character throughout the story, throughout the narrative. But I like that moment where she's just like, no. She starts hoarding calories so that she can use her magic to its fullest potential so that she can alter her appearance and escape. And it's a great moment for her. For her to take back control. For her to find an escape out of this abusive, pretty much. I mean, emotionally and, you know, mentally and physically abusive because no one really cares about her they're just like well whatever um and she's like well they won't miss me they definitely won't turn around for me and waste six months of gas and i like that she gains ownership of her body and i like how she becomes more reflective and becomes more empowered after her escape, she she does change. Her evolution in the story is very subtle, but it's, it is impactful. Because she meets the Brannock twins, and they both want to be, be a part of the revolution, but in different ways. But they have to stay on the Brannock station in order to keep it operational. Um, because they are, well, they're Brannocks. They're the only ones with the genome to control the ship. Without them, it will fall apart, basically. Um... And I like that you're seeing such a different kind of perspective. They grew up in a loving, warm home and their entire station is like one big, giant family unit. And it's the complete opposite of what Pent grew up. So you're seeing these two different forms of space families, I guess you could say. And I will say this. Johnson does run the risk of alienating the reader because Pent is, you know, she is very practical. She is very kind of cold early on when she meets him. You understand why, though, because, I mean, that's how she grew up. She didn't know love. She didn't know warmth. 
she had nothing really so you understand it um it does run the risk of alienating the reader however i will say that as well as the first part of the novel because part one is rather slow paced but it is compelling because you're getting to know Penn, you're getting to know her situation you're getting to know this universe that she's growing up into but you're seeing her evolve once she meets the Brannock twins. You're seeing her kind of become aware of that. She is powerful. And she knows it. And I love that moment where she's like, my power may have been worthless to you, but to me, it is my power. You know, she is empowering herself. She finds worth in herself, not with what she can give others, but what she can do for herself you know she's like it's a very powerful moment for her it's a very powerful and it's a great transition for the reader to really see that develop that's what I love about it um I think it is a great narrative I think it is a well-told story I think the pacing is very it's moderate not fast it's not slow it's a very moderate pace you're really compelled to read it for the character development um there are some tension driven moments in the story which are really interesting but overall you are reading it for pence development because it is empowering for her it's empowering to see her gain that ownership over her body and that's what i loved that's what i loved most about this this story how she just gained ownership over herself and now she's like yes I was like you go girl <laughs> when I read that I was like stick to them um because her family eventually does come back because I think they realize damn we needed her she is powerful and it's like haha you're not gonna get me haha I love it it was a great moment <laughs> in any case I will give Aetherbound four out of five stars. I think everyone should read it. I think it's definitely worth the read, even if you don't love it. I think it's worth the read because it offers up a lot of room for discussion. You can sit down and discuss this book. It has a lot of powerful themes in it. And for me, I found it to be very empowering overall. Um, so four out of five stars. Please remember to purchase the book from your local online book retailer or preferred bookstore. Please just don't buy the book off of Amazon. Support your booksellers any way that you can. Um, there are a lot of resources in order to do so. So just please support your bookstores. Um, if money is tight, you can check out the book from your local library. Libraries are a great resource, and if you don't have a library card, you can get a digital library card so that you can check out ebooks and audiobooks. You can also get a Scribd membership for $8.99 a month, and you have access to their entire catalog of books uh, as well as audiobooks. So you don't have to pay that $14.95 audible fee every month and then wait for your monthly credit. No, you can just audiobook, audiobook, audiobook. And it's only $8.99. You don't have to pay for another book. You don't have to wait for credits. Great. 
And on that note, I hope you all will continue to support me by liking this podcast and subscribing to it. You can also become a supporter on Anchor FM, my recording platform, for 99 cents a month. Hope you all have a great rest of your day, and as always, happy reading.